Today's episode of Titus and Tate is brought to you by T-Mobile for Business. At T-Mobile for Business, unconventional thinking means they see things differently so you can focus on what matters most. That's why they've become the leader in 5G, number one in customer satisfaction, and a partner who includes 5G in every plan. So you get it all. Unconventional thinking from T-Mobile for Business. Open Signal Awards T-Mobile is America's fastest 5G network. 5G user experience report July 2021. Capable device required. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require a certain plan or feature. See T-Mobile.com. For J.D. Power 2020 award information, visit JDPower.com slash awards. On to Tyson T. On today's episode of Titus and Tate, it is a casual Friday. I am in yes. Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Tate, I got to say, this place, um, I, I was a hater for a long time. Uh, I, you know, you, you hear the likes of Ryan Rosillo's, uh, the, the, uh, the <laughs> part of my life. take Don't guys. Don't go to Baton Rouge. Yeah. On and on and on. There's an endless list of uh, friends I have in sports media who will not shut up about how much they love Baton Rouge. Joey Molinaro. Joey Molinaro, yeah. And you ask Joey his ties to LSU, and he's like, two years ago, I liked LSU. He's like, I'm a Purdue football fan. What do you want from me? Um. And it's exhausting. It's it's nauseating. It's stupid. I don't like it. When, whenever too many people like a thing, I I decide I don't like that thing yeah, before I tried that thing. Yes. Yep. Uh, and then now I've tried that thing, and it's it's awesome. So I'm having a, we're having a great time at Baton Rouge. I'm gonna maybe we'll share a few stories because uh, it. it is uh, it is unlike anywhere else I've ever been on on this planet. So um, I would agree with that. As, as someone yeah. who has has been to Baton Rouge, it is one of one. It is unique. Uh, what else is going on? We should talk about on our show today what we talked about on Andy's show. Yeah, well, and then that way, first. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we undercut Andy. Uh, uh, no, he got me excited, man. We went on Andy's show, and we he was like, he texts us. He's like, "You guys want to come on and talk about the Power Six conferences?" And we we're like, "What?" And like, and he's like, "Yeah, we're just gonna rip through all the conferences." And I was like. That is, the, yeah. You got me. Just, you got me freaked out. You even sent me like the blue ribbon uh, basketball yearbook. Yeah, like, good luck, you know. Like, good luck going through all these teams. We're gonna have to pull all of them for Andy. I was like, oh my god, is this gonna be like a three-hour podcast experience? Yeah, Andy, Andy's like, Luckily it was to suss out Northwestern versus Penn State, and and, and then when we did uh, the podcast, Andy issue. like forgot West Virginia was in the Big Twelve. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, but doing that got me really excited because uh, college basketball is here, man. Practice has started. College basketball practice have officially started. Yeah. October is here. It is a casual Friday. Come with us. Have some fun. But first, what do you do? All right, take quick quick Baton Rouge update uh, because this is a conspiracy. This says this says specific trip to Baton Rouge and, and a pattern that Jim and I are seeing on the road here at all these stops that we're going to. Um, we've been to Madison so far to recap. We've been to Columbus. We've been to Norman, Oklahoma, and now we are in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And uh, th- this feels like a problem that's up your alley, and you can help us solve it because we have every step of the are way you, are you profiling me because i'm southern because i'm not no no no, no 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 we'll get to, we'll get to that in a second uh <laughs> i'm profiling you because you're a jersey guy because i went oh, with you okay. to san diego okay. state basketball game you like you went into you walked into one store you found a Kawhi leonard jersey you bought it you have it you still own it you yes. still wear it sometimes yeah uh I, I i witnessed you do this how easy it was for you 
<laughs> so my plan on all these tours was at every stop, like I would just go to a bookstore. I don't really pack clothes to wear. I just like, yeah. I'm going to, and, and I just steal the Fox company card from someone on our crew and I just go swipe yeah. it and want to buy stuff for myself. Thank you, Kristen. <laughs> yeah. So to, to wear uh, in the wardrobe for, you know, for, for some of the stuff we're shooting or whatever. Yeah, yeah, on yeah. Game you gotta, day, you gotta, you gotta yeah. show that you have the price. Yes. 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 I do not own any LSU gear. So I'm like, I need to get some LSU gear. And what comes to my team? <laughs> <laughs> Stop by Rosilla's place on the way to the yeah, airport. Exactly. Uh, what comes to mind when you think of, of LSU stuff you should buy? Two things come to mind. Number one, a Shaquille O'Neal jersey. Yeah. Number two, a Pete Maravich jersey. Those yes, are the only two things. Yes. Those are the only two things I would want. Like I just I I and, and in my mind, LSU, if you really think about it, I know I said this about Oklahoma last week about like the, the era of Oklahoma basketball. Or a couple of weeks ago, the era of Oklahoma basketball, like uh, with Trey Young, Buddy Hill, Blake Griffin, and like yeah. the, the the ride they've been on in, on individual talent. I think all time, if you're talking like top four or five, we'll throw Ben Simmons in there. Ben Simmons was great in college. We talked about this earlier. So if you're taking just the individual players, I think LSU might have the greatest group of alumni ever with Bob Pettit, Chris Jackson, Shaquille O'Neal, Pete Maravich, Ben, like. Are you shitting me? That is yeah. unbelievable upper echelon. I, I would I would stack that up against any other school. And if Kansas, you're doing NBA Jam and you're doing two on two, it's Pistol Pete and Shaq. Who's stopping? Yes, that? yes. So my point is, when I think of LSU, I think of the the insane individual basketball talent that has come out of. Yeah, I, obviously they haven't won a national title in basketball, but that doesn't matter. I want I want the man's jersey. I want Shaquille O'Neal's jersey. I want Pete Maravich's jersey. Tate, this has been a problem at every single stop we've been on. We cannot find jerseys anywhere of any kind. And we finally sort of got to the bottom of it. We went to this place. Uh, it was called, I, I want to give it the right shout out, uh, Bingles and Bandits, I think was like this little, um, the shop at, in Baton Rouge on campus here. And they yep. have like all this sweet LSU gear. They got all the old school stuff. They got the the, the Sailor hat, uh, Tiger logos, and and uh-huh. the older Tiger lo- Like they got everything you'd ever want. One thing they don't have is jerseys. So I, I asked the guy, I was like, do, do, can, can I get like a Shaq jersey? Do you have like a Pistol P jersey? And he said, Nike has, he goes, we used to sell them, but Nike has now stolen like the the jersey. They, they, they've cracked down on the jersey market, basically. And they only sell them through like the, the official bookstores of the school. And he's like, we're not an official bookstore. We're just like a merch shop off to the side, whatever. Yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of how I was explaining. He goes, you got to go to the Barnes and Noble. To get the uh, the, that's the official bookstore of LSU. So we go Barnes and Noble. So we go to the Barnes and Noble, and all they have is like they have the same white. The only the only jerseys of any kind: football, basketball, wrestling, softball, whatever name a sport. The only jerseys they have are white LSU football jerseys that have the number one on them. And like no name on the back. Classic, yeah. And I think I think they might have had like a couple that said Chase, Jamar Chase on the back. Uh, but it was just the number one. They didn't even have Joe Burrow, dude. Mm-hmm. They had no Joe Burrow football jerseys. And Jim and I looked at each other because this was a problem at Ohio State as well. Like I, I tried to find like Ohio State baseball jerseys. They were like, why would we have those? I was like, do you have like a football jersey? They're like, we have the number one. That's it. Yeah. And that like made sense to me, I guess, because it's Justin. F- I don't know. Was, but anyway, th- this has been happening every stop tape. And I guess I want to get to the bottom of it because Nike, I remember a time when you could just like go to McDonald's at a college town and buy a jersey. Like, yeah. I, I thought in my mind they'd be selling go to Walmart and buy a jersey. 
I thought they'd be selling Shaq and Pistol P jerseys at every corner. I can't find one anywhere in the Stamped City. What's going on here? Is, is this a problem? Are we facing a crisis as a nation that Nike is doing something with these jerseys that well, we can't get them? I think this is what happened, um, you know, I, I would say probably around like 2012, 2013, 2014. Let's just say in that window of time, all of these colleges started getting the heat, right? All these players started saying, like Harrison Barnes, for example, I remember when he was in school, there were 40 jerseys everywhere, right? Everyone's wearing a 40 jersey. He was number one player in the country. Everyone's excited. And, you know, when we talk about the player empowerment, we talk about these guys should be getting paid. All that stuff was kind of bubbling up for the first time at that time. And it did feel like Nike, to get ahead of all the name, image, likeness, and things like that, they started just printing number one jerseys. Number one. North, North Carolina has the same thing. The basketball, number one. We all thought it was Theo Pinson, but really, it's just any person. Just He's number yeah. one. You're a fan. You're the number one fan. Put on the number one jersey. It's very disrespectful to the fans to say, you don't care about wearing the number 43 James Michael McAdoo jersey. You don't care about wearing the 31 John Henson jersey. No, you just wanted to say North Carolina and you wanted to say one, which is, you know, name on the front of the jersey better than the name on the back of the jersey. The old adage in college sports, that's how things go. And that's what Nike has adopted. But it did seem it does seem like, you know, it's a slap in the face to all the fans like you. It's a slap in the face to the people that come and, and visit and want to get, you know, some sort of special garb to say, hey. I went to LSU. I, I actually went to yes. the official bookstore and got this Joe Burrow spelled, you know, E-A-X, yes. you know, that, yes. that, that would be cool, but they weren't paying these kids. Nike didn't want to pay these kids. So Nike decided, Hey, let's not even get in this game where they can say we're using their name, image, and likeness with their number. Let's just put number one out there. Let's and just I, put I, number I one. This happened like eight years ago, seven, eight years ago. I'm yeah. just late to 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 figuring well, it out. They have special deals. Like Kawhi Leonard signed a special NIL deal. Is that what like, it was? Yeah, exactly. So and and that was when all the NIL stuff started. That was what I was hoping would happen. Like these schools would get in deals with Mitchell and S, and then the player themselves, and then they split the money, you know, in an equitable way. But as we know, in college sports, that's never going to happen. And the schools and Nike and every single other person involved is just like, you know what? Let's just make generic jerseys. These fans don't really care. They'll get over it. Yeah, They'll the, wear their number one yeah, jersey and we'll yeah. move on. Oh, dude. The, the same thing, I should say, happened in Madison. Uh, I went shopping with Brad All Davis. these are Nike schools, by the way. You can think no, about no. It. Wisconsin's Under Armour. I went oh, shopping dude. with... Uh, Lord, Jesus. Yeah, I went I shopping... I threw up in my mouth a little bit. What are, you, <laughs> what are they doing? Brad and I went to a bookstore, Davison, and uh, we I, I had an idea to like we had cameras rolling, and I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna go buy his jersey and then wear yeah. it to the game on Saturday, and yeah. it's gonna like be that. a whole deal. I'm wearing the Brad Davison basketball jersey to the football game, and I walked in there, and and the people that worked at the store were like, what? Yeah. Why would we like, have that? And I'm like, what? What has happened to these college? And you, I think you, I think you hit the nail on the head. Name, image, likeness. This is this is the downside, I guess. Yeah. Everyone that was saying, "Pay these kids." Look what look what you've done. Look what you but did. Now, you, now, you ruined our jersey purchasing. Now, oh now God. a man in his mid thirties who's going on tours of college campuses can't buy. <laughs> that, that that was the other thing I was going to say. Is you brought up the jerseys. There there seems to be a contingency on the internet that is very um, like mad, very mad online that. You know, when someone, you know, late 20s, early 30s, if they wear a jersey, they're like, oh, uh, why don't you grow up? Who wears yeah. jerseys anymore? They're like, there's a, a very strong contingent of people that have that feeling. I don't really understand it. I don't understand how you can be this upset that someone wants to wear a jersey. Yeah. There's plenty of ways. I mean, it'd be one thing if someone has the jersey on, no undershirt, you know, that that's. 
that's a little too far. Should we do? Uh, it's still technically off season. We could do a full off season podcast of just nonsense content where we're laying out our rules of uh, when you can wear a jersey and when you can't. And who's yeah, jersey exactly. that's what I was going to say. <laughs> it's not like I'm walking around going to places wearing my Moses Malone Sixers jersey. You know, I I have it. I appreciate yeah. it. I like my collection of jerseys. It's more for me, the collection of the jerseys, like the Kawhi Leonard. What am I going to wear a San Diego State jersey other than when we went to the game? But I like having it, you know? Here's the thing. Here's the I'll thing about uh, jerseys. The same thing is true about uh, um, the 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 merch that they make when your team wins a national title or a big bowl yeah. game. You're the, you're the Fiesta Bowl champions and... Yes. And you know this and then coming that, the commercial right. comes on right after, and it's like go to yeah. go to sportsillustrated.com for the limited yeah. time only. We're selling. Um, so the the problem with that is that I, I I am in agreement that the my initial response would be if I see someone, uh, if I see a grown, if I see a guy in his fifties wearing a a Joe Burrow jersey to an LSU game, I'm like, don't love it, you know, don't like well, when Joe Burrow was on the team. So, yeah, 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 like you know, like Joe Burrow, that that year LSU goes undefeated. Uh, I see a guy. I'm just like, I don't know, dude. Come on, what are we doing here? Uh, same thing is true of that's quarters it, in season. You know, once you hit yes. fifty, you throw in a quarter. Zip. The same thing is true of all the people that buy the the championship gear. Like the moment it happens and they wear it, and then uh, you know, when, when Ohio State won the national championship in, in 2015, there were just people wearing those hats everywhere that said like champs and you know undisputed champ because that was the first year of the college football playoffs so it was just like undisputed we're yeah. better than you know finally yeah. at long yeah. last we proved it and everyone's <laughs> wearing those around the, the the grocery stores and all that and uh you know i was excited too but i was like, like i don't know like this, we this all need to wear like, the same hat yeah exactly. yeah but my point here tate is enough time passes and you wish you had that stuff you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so, like, yeah. I think that's the move with the jerseys is, like, I don't necessarily want the the Brad Davison jersey now, but imagine, fast forward 30 years, and I own a Brad Davison Wisconsin basketball jersey, and I bust that out, and I'm, I I, I show up. You and I are still doing this stupid podcast. <laughs> I'm neglecting my grandkids yeah. uh, to, to talk about 18-year-olds playing basketball with you, and uh, I'm like, Tate, look what I found. Look what I dug out of the attic, and it's a Brad Davison. That's getting at least 300 likes on Twitter. Yes. At least. Oh, absolutely. At least. Absolutely. <laughs> at, at the no, minimum. it's sick, dude. Like the nostalgia play is sick. And the only way you can have those jerseys 20 years from now is if you have them now, Tate. And and we don't have them now. And this is a crisis that I I am the only. I, I guess we're both now ahead of this. That this we, we are we are facing a nostalgia crisis 20 to 30 years from now. On the the lack of jerseys. no one has jerseys. No one yeah. has jerseys. Yeah, and there's nothing better than when you go to a game, a football game, basketball game, even baseball, like you said, and someone has that. You know, like I remember I went to a Carolina baseball game and a guy had a BJ Surhoff Carolina baseball jersey. Yes, you know, yes, like that legend. That'll that'll just blow your mind. You know what I mean? That that'll really get you going. That'll get the juices flowing. You have respect for that person because that's what I'm saying. The continue that gets upset. They also don't understand the other side of that. Like you're saying. Once you get the uh, the nostalgia factor involved, and now it becomes like this this item that nobody has around you. You're the only one that has a BJ Surhoff jersey, and yes. now you're special. And everyone's like, "Oh yeah, BJ Surhoff over there, cool guy." Like I'm alive. my move, my move. I think if I'm getting jerseys, I want the legend. I want the the uh, the the, but but it's got to be like the. I don't know. It, it, you, can't, you can't be the mainstream legend. This no, is what's exactly. so interesting it's got, it's got, about it's the, be the one degree off. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, the like, one degree off. Yeah, it's like instead of getting a Sean May jersey, you get a Raymond Felton jersey. You know what I mean? It's like that's that. This that's, is why we need jerseys, dude. Jersey culture is so important. It says a lot about you based on what exactly. 
jersey you wear to Coachella. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, truly, like if you're wearing a Joe Burrow jersey, we're kind of like, uh, okay. you're a little, you're a basic bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah if exactly. you're wearing a Joe Burrow jersey around LSU, yeah, yeah. 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 But and, if you have a Barkevius Mingo jersey, <laughs> yeah, yes. Now I'm intrigued. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I want to. I decided the Ohio State football jersey I really want is Orlando Pace. Oh, I had see, that thought last night. That's good. I, I thought like, I thought a Pace seventy five jersey would be sick, and I don't see those around Columbus at all. Uh-huh. And I think that's the move. The other move is the fictional character, like the Johnny Utah. He played at. Uh, that's Jim Cunningham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim wants the Johnny Utah. Like, like it, it, it tells you about who the person is, right? You learn a lot. Like, yeah. yes. Jim walked into our office and had a Shane Falco Ohio State jersey on. Yes, like checks out. Yes, yes. yes. Personality, I love it. Yes, yeah, yeah. and. Uh, or or you get like the Henry Rowan Gardner Cubs jersey from, from Rookie of the Year stuff like that. Yeah. that uh, I don't know. Anyway, that's uh, I don't know. It, it it's a little personal because uh, it 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 kind of doesn't have anything to do with the people listening because uh, you know, it's it's a struggle that I'm going through alone right now. But I just wanted to put it on everyone's radar that that this is a this is a crisis facing our nation and we need to do something about it. And, and these college sure towns, I mean, you're making a great point. These college towns used to always have, what was the name of the place? Bingles and whatever. Like Bingles and bandits. I think. Yeah, exactly. So that. shout out to them. Cause there's a lot of those stores in these college towns, whether you go to Chapel Hill, Athens, you know, where insert any college town in America, there's always these offshoot shops. And, you know, back in Chapel Hill in the early 2000s, I remember I got a UNC with Wallace on the back, number 30 Jersey, you know, that was just like at a yeah. separate shop. They they it had a Nike check on it. I don't think Nike made it, but you know what I mean. It was it, it was like the and that was just the thing. No one was really thinking about it. They were just like, oh, you want a Rashid Wallace jersey to celebrate this great time at North Carolina basketball? Bang, we'll get we got it. <laughs> and now nobody has that. And, and I when we hit the crisis, guy just opens up his trench. Up. Guy yeah. opens up his trench coat and he's got just a bunch of jerseys inside. He's like, which one do you want? Yeah, no, they're like, yeah, they got purses in the back. You know what I mean? We got jerseys <laughs> in the back. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what do we want to talk about today, Tate? So uh, there's there's college basketballs on our radar. It always is. We we, yes. we know this. We uh, we we a we month away. Fucking, 39 uh, days. Practices. Away. Practices started uh, doing that show with Andy, which, again, I, I, I want to plug it for Andy. We went on Andy Katz's March Madness 365 365 podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, who the hell knows when that thing's coming out? But uh, we 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 were going through all the teams, and I could feel the juices flowing. Take I was firing off. Take I want to say this. I want to get ahead of some stuff. Um, I don't. I I feel like I we got done recording that show, and I I I sat alone in the hotel and thought to myself, half of what I said on there, I don't actually believe. I just like I was just I was just playing devil advocate. It, yeah. it was the first day of practice for me too. I was just like getting the juices flowing, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but it did it did excite me. I did get the uh, blue ribbon yearbook and I'm reading through everything and I'm looking yep. over Purdue's roster and I'm just like, I, I did say this to Andy and I'm going to say it to you again, that I, I keep looking at Purdue and the more I look at Purdue's roster, the more I look at, at, at the, the team they have, the more I think about it, I'm talking myself into Purdue going undefeated. Like I, the, 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 the rocket ship is going to the moon and I can't stop it. I apologize and, uh, to the Purdue fans. I know we get ahead of this. Yeah. And I, maybe that's what it is. It's like, I'm just trying to get ahead of it and, and, and brace myself for a world where Purdue is ranked number one in the country for the first time. Cause if you think Purdue fan, like it is shocking how many Purdue fans there are in this world. It, it is, yes. it is unbelievable. They're like the Illuminati. There's like, I feel like there's like 30 of them, but they're all like strategically spaced out around the country and you bump into them everywhere. I'm walking down the street in LA and I see a guy wearing a Purdue hat and I'm like, there's no yeah. rhyme or reason why you should be here, you know, but they're here. They're everywhere. Tate, every little small town airport, 
nothing but Purdue fans. And I think I'm just preparing he just myself. He at you and he points at the moon. And he said, that's us. That's, that's what us. we do. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Rocket ship to the moon. <laughs> yeah. Of course, exactly. Purdue's on a rocket ship. To yeah, the moon. exactly. Uh, but uh, I, I think I'm just preparing myself for the world because of uh, where Purdue is number one. Because if you think these people are nuts right now, just wait to just wait when Jaden Ivey, when they wait, wait till they have like two first team All Americans this year. Yeah, it's gonna I, be disgusting. Is Zach Eady gonna start? Because I, I feel like he has to start. But then I, I've seen Purdue fans like arguing amongst themselves as you know he's not gonna start. You know Travion's gonna play the five. You know all and and that to me is I w- that was already a red flag. I was like they don't even know what this is gonna look like because they've never like you know it, it, it's the classic act yeah. like you've been here before. You know and I, and I'm worried that Purdue is going to be thrown to the fire by the preseason expectations. Maybe they come out really hard, hot to open the season. And then a lot of people start piling on. I just hope they're ready for that. But as you've told me, Ivy is a guy who is so, ready at the moment. So I'm I'm going to I'm going to reveal my sources. The reason I'm so high on Ivy is that he was he's been working out with Mike uh, in the offseason a lot. And I illusion. Yeah. And and <laughs> and I'm not sure why, how, how that all happened, but uh I, I I had one conversation with Mike Conley and I was like, I I was like it, you're working out with Jay Nivey, your thoughts. And he's like, that kid's unbelievable. He's, yeah. he's, he's got it all. He's very, very good. I mean, and it checks and, out. And, I, and, yeah. and, it, and you told me that. And then that doubled down my, I mean, like, we, and, you obviously believed in him just watching. I believe just watching. But, you know, when you get that secondary, like I have seen this guy outside of the game structure, outside of, you know, I've seen him in real life do these drills. This dude's the real deal. And it's coming from yeah. Mike, who is the real deal. You're like, okay. Mike's I'll, a very yeah. nice guy, obviously. But I, you know, Privately, Mike isn't afraid to be like, "No, nah, he sucks." Yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah. if I if I asked him, I was like, "Yeah, how how good is Jay Navi?" He he would very easily have been like, "Yeah, he's not there yet. Like he's he's gonna be a good college player, but he's not." And instead, he was like, "Yeah, he's really fucking good. <laughs> he's really really good. <laughs> he, he can do it all. He's gonna be awesome this year." So, um, anyway, that that was I I wanted to start with that that like talking to Andy, uh, we started talking about the Big Ten a little bit, obviously, and then uh. Purdue. That that's my big thought right now as we're going into the season. That's that's the I I I'm I'm terrified of Purdue. I know Purdue wasn't that good last year, and I think like if you're an IU fan, if you're someone else in the Big Ten, you look at at the season Purdue had last year where they were they were okay. They were obviously what were they a three seed four seed in the they were four seed yeah or no three seed. You're right. They were a three seed right, and they lost yeah. to the yeah. Um, they didn't win the Big Ten. They didn't. They lost in the first round. Uh, and you'd say to yourself like they they lost in the first round of the Big Ten tournament. I think. They mm-hmm. did because they lost to they lost to Ohio State. We yep. we beat them in the uh, in their first Big Ten tournament game. Um, and you'd say, okay, so they're bringing everyone back, but like that last season, they weren't even that awesome. So like, why why are we excited about a team that's bringing back everyone? And the reason is Jaden Ivey. I mean, that's that's the reason. Jaden Ivey like was was peaking like the last however many games Jaden Ivey had, he was playing out of his mind. He had twenty six points in the NCAA tournament game, which nobody remembers because North Texas won, and that's all anyone wanted to talk about. It was like Purdue choke. Uh, but that dude having a full season under his belt, he's going to hit the ground running. And I don't know. I'm terrified because especially I made this point to Andy, too. Uh, when you look at the Big Ten, Tate, like all the best players are all big men. Yeah. And, yeah. and you start thinking about the guards. It's like Curbelo and and he's not a point guard, but he might be. I don't know. I don't know what Matt Painter's going to do with him. Mm-hmm. Like they, they might just throw him the ball and just be like, Eric Hunter, get the hell out of the way. Get out of the way. It, it's 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 Jaden and it's Travion Williams. And every so often, uh, maybe one of you guys will step up and be the Yeah, third. Zach Eady, get in the dunk spot. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. And that's our team. And then we're going to dive on the floor for loose balls and slap each other on the ass as we help each other up. And that's pretty basketball, baby. <laughs> yeah. I, my biggest concern this year with 
the Big Ten. Obviously, I, I think Purdue's going to have a great season. I'm worried that it's going to you know dampen the first year of Mike Woodson. So I want to get ahead of that. I want to say mm. this is not Mike Woodson's first year. You know what I mean? Next year will be Mike for Mike Woodson's official first year. I think yeah. Indiana's going to be really good this year. So maybe we change and, and say it is his first year around midseason. But my concern is that Indiana's having a really solid year. They've got some really good wins. Maybe they go to Michigan, you know, and get and get a big win, you know, on the road or whatever it may be. I don't even look at the schedule. I'm just throwing out hypotheticals here. But Purdue is a top five team. So people like Coach Titus and Indiana diehards, they can't even enjoy the fact that Mike Woodson is having a great year and Trace Jackson Davis is having a great year. Yeah. Because their rival right down the road is or, doing something they're not supposed to do. Or flip side, Purdue being awesome sets it up for if Indiana can beat Purdue. It's a big win. It's been it's been what 10 years, 15 years now. I've lost I've lost track. After after the Bob Knight thing, we should add 10 years to Yeah, know. I know, I know. It really should. Uh but if if Purdue like isn't is that not the dream scenario though? Is that Purdue gets up to number one in the rank Purdue's never been ranked number one in any AP poll in basketball history. This they're they're maybe the best program that's never touched number one in tape. Yeah. Uh if Purdue finally somehow gets up to number one, because UCLA and Gonzaga play early, so like one of those teams will lose. Maybe they fall to four or five, you know, and Purdue just keeps winning. Purdue has a, has a decent non-conference schedule, I think, too. Um, say they find their way to number one, and then they play Indiana, and Indiana wins. Is that not the best scenario for IU fans, that on Mike Woodson's first year, as soon as Purdue gets to the top, Mike Woodson beats them and and, I like that. And I back, like that you know? story. So maybe that's maybe that's. Let, a good let's story. go for that. Yeah. So or maybe they lose by first year, or they lose by twenty five at home, <laughs> and that kills all the momentum. <laughs> let's hope that doesn't happen. I, I look Miller Cop. You and you and I, uh, Miller Cop was going to come on our show last year when he was at Northwestern, and then we realized he was at Northwestern, so we said, you know, yeah. pass. And uh, <laughs> you no, know, he's at IU now. We we got to have Miller on the show. So hopefully, if IU's having a good year, we'll bring him on and get an update inside the building. I mean. I, I have turned secretly into an Indiana fan based on how the media reacted to Mike Woodson. I have no stake in the game, but just the way that they treated a, a guy who I think is such a great head coach and yeah. has, has, should have some level of respect, and they acted like he can't coach and he can't recruit in college. I, so I have a, a soft spot for Indiana as we head into the season. What uh, what what what's getting your juices flowing though? Let's let's talk like we 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 talked a lot about some teams because obviously uh we, we spent some time talking about Memphis, Kentucky, Duke, yeah, uh, UCLA, Gonzaga. I, I feel like those are the the big ones that we've mm-hmm. we've spent a lot of time in the offseason. Uh, if we were talking like conferences though, because that's kind of what we did with Andy and and um, and again, let's just let's just do the show. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> puts the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Put your shows out. No, as, we'll do this. As we were talking about conferences, um, I, I, I guess my question to you, Tate, is like, where, where's your head with that? When we're, we're thinking about the, the macro landscape of the power structures, we have the SEC, we have the alliance going mm-hmm. on, conference realignment is a thing. How does it stand in your mind right now? Like, what are you excited about from a conference perspective uh, on October 1st here? I think that I'm excited for the SEC, and I don't think I've ever said that in the history of college basketball. And, and I'm not even really excited as much as I am. I'm anxious to see what it looks like because the SEC, as we know, they are uh, not afraid to you know be the bad guys of college basketball. They are literally creating a super conference right in front of our very eyes. And if you go like Bruce Pearl is one of the senior coaches in the SEC. He is when things are when Greg Sankey's like, I need to get the basketball minds of our conference together. He is probably the number two call on the list. So if, if that doesn't say something about Who's number like, one, Rick Barnes? 
I mean, it's probably Cal, but he doesn't answer. So then, you know, he goes right to Bruce Pearl and then it's probably to Rick Barnes Rick and then Barnes. it's probably to Ben Howland, um, you know, and, and we keep going down and down until Tom Crean is last. Tom Crean is the last coach <laughs> that they call to bring in. But the SEC has so much talent. I mean, the SEC or the Kentucky, of course, we know about Kentucky. I think Auburn is going to be a really good basketball team. Um, I think Tennessee is always going to be, you know, in the mix. They're fascinating. I actually like their team last year a lot. But, you know, the results didn't match the talent, so we'll see about that. Um, but if you go through it, I mean, Arkansas, must bust is flying around on private mm-hmm. planes, you know, getting off the plane, jigging, dancing. Did you, you, see, know. Did you see the the video? Uh, they, they just had another five-star, probably not the number one recruit in the country, uh, yeah. committed to Arkansas the other day. And uh, the Musselman family put out the video of all of them just pop. Did you see this? Yeah. Those, those, no, I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know. How, I don't miss anything Musselman. I don't know how it works with the algorithm, but I, I see it all. <laughs> Speaking of Alabama, just got the number one point guard or the number one recruit, number one something. Yeah. Uh, was Jaden Bradley, I think is his name. Yep. It might not be his name, but he's going to Alabama. I, I think Nate Oates, this is the year that Nate Oates lets people know that he is a top flight coach that Alabama is a real team to contend with as we, as we move forward through the SEC. So the SEC is, is on the top of my radar. And again, I mean, it used to be, and you know, this Titus used to be Kentucky, Florida, right? One or the other, like those are the two teams that we care about. Maybe there's one other team that's sprinkled in there, but even Mississippi state is interesting. Mississippi state player of the year last year. Now there, um, Rocket so, Watts is there. Uh, yeah, exactly. DJ Jeffries, right for the the Memphis, the kid that yes. started in Memphis is, is yep. still in Mississippi State. Yeah, they Ben got, Howard got, created a little super team. They got they got names you know if you've been following college basketball. Mississippi State does. Yeah, I I'm with you. The SEC is going to be the, the SEC feels to me like it's going to be a typical Big Ten season where they they might have like seven or eight teams ranked at one point in time. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Or even like the entire season. And yet, I outside of Kentucky, I don't necessarily feel strongly about any of these teams' national title chances, but it kind of doesn't matter because I think they're all very, very good. And uh, it, it's it's interesting too because talking talking about like big picture stuff with 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 conferences and everything. You you mentioned what the SEC used to be. It was Kentucky and sort of everyone else. Florida obviously won two national titles and the run Billy Donovan had, where it wasn't just the two national titles. By the way, it was the the four elite eights in a row and. Um, he he was great. Tennessee had their moments, the the flash in the plans with Bruce Pearl, where where yeah. the, they like they got good, and then obviously Grant Williams, Admiral Schofield, they they had good team. Uh, but but by and large, it was Kentucky and everyone else. And Tate, I I do think it's interesting that we've arrived at a point in SEC basketball history where if Kentucky does not win the SEC this year or any year moving forward, I don't think it's a failure for Kentucky necessarily, and that's crazy because that's never ever been the case. Every single year, Kentucky should win the SEC, and they should win it by two or three games. And I think they're going to be the yeah. favorite this year. I think they're the best team in the SEC this year. Uh, but if Kentucky, if I look up in March and Kentucky's third in the SEC, I'm not like losing my mind about what's going on in Lexington and why why is Kentucky bad? Because it's probably the reason they're probably in third is because Alabama is really good, Arkansas is really good, yeah, uh, Mississippi State, as we said, is good, Auburn. I mean. We've been talking about LSU, who uh, I, I was going to say them. LSU. I, I that's probably the big elephant in the room, right? I mean, they could be yeah. amazing. And you know how we did the Bruce Pearl treatment, where we just didn't really even talk about Auburn in the year they had Chuma and everyone, and they they upset yeah. North Carolina in the tournament. I think we might have to use that same sort of philosophy. I think just to be fair and equitable, we might have to use that same philosophy for LSU this year. Like we can okay. talk more about Auburn. 
But then at the same time, like Will Wade just somehow seems like a better guy than Bruce Pearl. You know, as much as character counts, you know, I feel like Will Wade. The, the the difference is Will Wade is is open about it. Like yeah, like, yeah. Will and Wade he, is like he's, he's like genuine. Fake. He's like yeah, he's this genuine. is who I am. He's like you know I, I, am. I obviously I'm cheating. How else would yeah. I? Get <laughs> yeah, and LSU fans are like, yeah, exactly. That's why I yeah. love you. That's the formula. Oh, <laughs> I've met a. <laughs> I met one guy down here. I was talking to about sort of that that exact thing, just about like uh, about LSU. The 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 because something got brought up about. Um, I'm trying to think of the, the scenario. Uh, something got brought up. It was on my mind because because Jim was asking me how Pete Maravich ended up at LSU, and I was like, they hired his dad. Dad, yeah. And he's like, oh my god. So this has been going on. I was like, yeah, dude. This is this is because because we were talking about ben, how Ben Simmons ended up at LSU, how Pete Maravich. Yeah. I was like, dude, this is this is what LSU is. This is what LSU has always been. Football, basketball, you name it. I mean, the Press sport. Maravich was a genius. I mean, he la- he basically was like, you can have my son, but also I will be your coach. Yes. You know, so yes. Every program yes. had to go recruit Pistol Pete with the idea that they had to fire their head coach. I mean, sort of what Memphis did, right, with Penny Hardaway. They're like, we have to fire Tubby to then get James Wiseman. Uh, <laughs> you're exactly right. Uh, so, <clears throat> excuse me, I was talking to a guy on the campus about just LSU sports in general and the perception of Will Wade nationally and all that kind of stuff. And, and he basically just to paraphrase, he's like, I, I love it. Like, that's what, that's what we love about Will Wade down here. We, we, we absolutely love that. He's like, they, they a hundred percent have the attitude. I'm extrapolating from this one conversation. Yeah. I yeah, yeah. No, I mean, but I, it, it fit. Cause I had a stereotype in my head of what like LSU fans think about Will Wade and about like, how the rest of the country views their athletic department. And they hired Kim Mulkey. Like, Lord knows how that went down, by the way. Hiring Kim Mulkey from, from Baylor. But uh, the I, I, I have this perception. And then I meet a guy who's just like, that's what we love about it. We know that everyone else is cheating. We just do it better. We're, we're, yeah. we're more honest about it. We're like, like that's. I, I love the integrity of like, we cheat the right way. Yeah. We have, we have Mark Emery in our back pocket. Like, we, we, we run the NCAA too. We run college sports. You know it. We know it. Now beat us. And I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> and then they get beat. And you're like, how does this team with this much talent get beat? <laughs> but that, that's like the attitude they have. And, uh, and I think that's the difference, though. I think that's the, the, the difference is that you won't see Will Wade on television saying character counts. And, and uh, you know, yeah, I, he, he's not going to play the facade of like, no, I no, am no, here no. building great young men. I am turning them into no. the scholars of student athletes. He's like, I roll no. the balls out. I get five stars and we try to win games. Simple as yeah. that. So uh, I, I I'm glad we started there though because that's I, I think when I when I'm thinking of the big picture conference stuff, um, the SEC does stand out to me as I mean you you said it most to me interesting when yeah. we were talking to Andy you said it to me you were like the ACC is boring which I agree with I think they're boring because of Virginia Virginia has a stranglehold and Virginia is cl- Virginia wants to be boring they want to to make everything a slow burn and they want everyone to say who's going to win the ACC oh right it's going to be Virginia and then leave it at that the Big Ten is interesting. Because like we talked about Purdue, some of the the newer bloods, even though Purdue's not really new yeah. blood, but we'll say that in this modern era, they're trying to fight their way to the top. The Pac-12 has an actual contender legitimately for the first time in quite some time. I mean, you can argue that Oregon was in 2017. Sure, they made the Final Four. What's but funny about the Pac-12, though, the season, I should say. Yeah, what's funny about the Pac-12 is I think the Pac-12 was, was better last year than it'll probably be this year as a whole. As a whole, But, yeah. but I think the 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 perception of the Pac-12 nationally hinges up basically on UCLA. Like if UCLA is is top three the entire season, 
it almost doesn't matter how good Oregon is. Oregon's going to be the second best team in the Pac-12. It, yep. it doesn't matter how good USC is or Arizona State or Arizona with, with Tommy Lloyd's first. None of that matters. Because if UCLA is like number one in the country for half the season, then people will be like, damn, the Pac-12 is pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I made Pac-12 jokes all the time, but now... Uh, now I guess the Pac-12. When really, like last year, I think the Pac-12 was probably yeah, as a whole, you know, with the Oregon State and yeah, exactly. USC and Oregon and, and how good those teams were last year. Um, yeah, so th- that'll be interesting. But continue. Sorry to cut. Sorry to cut. No, no, no. I was just running through. But this is what we did with Andy. We went through the conferences and, and just tried to you know kind of pick and choose which ones would be the best. My favorite battle that I think is going on because Andy said Power Six and the Six has always been yeah. the Big East. And that's, you know, because of Villanova. Villanova is a blue blood. Of course, they get that treatment. That's their conference. They own that conference. But the American, this might be the last. We, we joke. This is it, well, dude. Yeah. The 2018, you- we make them make the American great again. I think this is <laughs> this is the year. This is the year that they can do that. And it's all because of Memphis. Did you see that they just got uh, Boise? Was it Boise State? I forget the four schools are. It's hard to keep well, Air, Air, I saw Air Force was the only one that was interested. Air Force is the only one that says yes. We have interest in joining the American, but I think everyone else, right, said that they. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like they, the American had it in their head because they're losing. Uh, they're losing uh, uh, SMU. They're losing Houston. No, they're not losing. They're, they're losing UCF. Uh, Houston. They're losing. Who? Who are the other ones? That's uh, it. Yeah. No, it's four of them, right? It's four schools. It's BYU. <laughs> Look it up. This is this is why this is the end of the American, right? I mean, this is why we we can't keep up. These schools are moving out. They, well, they Memphis got left behind. That's the one we remember. Cincinnati's the one. Cincinnati, Cincinnati's in the American. Duh. Cincinnati, Houston, uh, BYU, and UCF. I don't know why I said SMU because I, I think because I want uh, SMU. You want it to be SMU. I want it to be yeah. SMU, and it's not. Um, so they're they're losing those schools. We've we've talked about how the Big Twelve taking those schools is now, you know, probably a better basketball conference in the Big East, and how weird that is, and and all that. But the, the Americans dying, dude. The, Amer- the American people know it. The <laughs> also the American people know it. Yes. Um, and what's interesting is that I, I this does feel like sort of the last gasp. And I do think the American is going to be very interesting this year in the sense that uh, Houston went to the Final Four last year and they're going to be a good team this year. Not as good as they were last year, but they're going to be a good team. Wichita State uh, has has the the conference player of the year back. They they win the conference last year. Nobody's yeah. going to talk about Wichita State. They're probably not going to be ranked to start the season, but they're, but they're the third team, right? Yeah. And then Memphis Tate. Memphis mm. is, God, dude. Memphis might, I, I don't know. I don't there, want to talk there, about There's Memphis a world anymore. in which I could see Memphis, you know, if Memphis shocks the world and Larry Brown and Rasheed Wallace and Penny Hardaway go and win a national championship, and then <clears throat> that's the final curtain call, you know, to the American that, you know, yeah. they go from. UConn wins with Kevin Ollie in year and one. That was their first one. year. Yeah. In their last year, they they win a national championship, and then it still doesn't matter. That'll go ahead and show you that the powers that be, like you know what I mean. Good luck with your new conferences or any of this stuff. I mean, it's not going to work. Doesn't that doesn't that also underscore how irrelevant basketball is in college and <laughs> the college exactly. sports landscape? They yeah. have a conference that if, if Memphis we look at Baylor, national, Baylor got left behind. Dude, I know. It's very strange. What, what's going on with the ACC, by the way? You you, you kind of glossed over it. I brought this up to you um, that that I, as I'm thinking about it and really trying to to talk myself into being excited about ACC basketball. I mean, Paolo Banchero, I've talked myself into him, but we'll yeah. start there. But Duke as a whole, I don't love Duke's roster. Duke's Duke's very very young. 
Uh, it's I, I think the only the only case you make for Duke is that Paolo Benchero is going to be awesome, and it's Coach K's last year, so karma, some sort of mystic. I guess not karma wouldn't be the right word because if, if karma existed, <laughs> yeah, the program would be shut down. <laughs> yeah. Um, but some sort of mystic force at play. He's got some sort of voodoo doll or something, and I, that's kind of the case for Duke. Outside of that, Florida State doesn't do it for me. Virginia doesn't do it for me. North Carolina. You guys are going to be better, right? You, you expect to be better than you were last year, but like I, I think North Carolina is the the dark horse team in the ACC, but just because of you know Caleb Love is a five. I mean, they just have a lot of talent. I mean, Brady Manick's going to be coming off the bench. Right? Yeah, I mean, Brady Manick is a guy that was you know obviously played through the Big Twelve, had some big face of the program. At Oklahoma. Yeah, exactly. When I think of Oklahoma, I think of Brady Manick. He was the mustache uh, of the program. Dawson Garcia, who yeah. you know killed North Carolina, the game that Wojo won in Chapel Hill, that was basically the Dawson Garcia game. Now he's at North Carolina. Baycott, Caleb Love, um, you know, you got two young guys, two freshmen that came in that have five star potential. I mean, there's a lot of depth at North Carolina, but it's Hubert's first year. I will say this though: the the if you want to spin it positively for North Carolina, 1982, where was the Final Four? New Orleans. 1993, where was the Final Four? New Orleans. 2021. We're going mm. back to New Orleans. So, um, you know, Hubert Davis's first year, this is what Dean Smith did with Bill Guthridge in 1998. He gave him the layup. He said, go win a national championship with this amazing, talented team. How could you ever lose? And Rick Majerus in Utah said, uh, not so fast. Uh, we had this, this guy, is, Andre Miller. This is my point. The only cases that you can make about ACC teams is like you, you, you incorporate mysticism. And it's not, it's yeah, like, yeah. You, you incorporate... It, it, it's, the New it's, Orleans, oh, North Carolina ties. It's Coach yeah. K's last year. Uh, Jim Beheim has his two sons on the team, so look out for Syracuse. Yeah, then, watch out for Syracuse. They're like asleep. rationally, your brain's like, that's not enough to make these good teams. But then some small parties, like I don't know, but maybe it will be. Maybe maybe Coach K's last year. There's something to it that that'll make you good. But as a whole, man, the ACC, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's I really fun. wish that Moses Wright, you know, had come back to Georgia Tech because I think Georgia Tech. Would have been a nice piece um, to kind of throw in there as a nice little wrinkle. Clemson really doesn't do it. Virginia Tech's always a sneaky good team. You know, maybe they're a tournament team, like a seven seed or something like that. But yeah, overall, I mean, there's no major storyline that really gets the juices going other than Coach K. And I watched the Duke scrimmage. They did like, uh, you know, how, how Duke does this. They're, they're, they're branded media team. They filmed a whole scrimmage and put out the highlights of it. And, you know... I mean, Duke looks good. I mean, they have size, and you forget about some guys like a Joey Baker or Wendell Moore, like, you know, some of those veterans that are still around. And then Theo John is the perfect, you know, just kind of bruiser. I did forget about him. I'll be yeah. honest. I forgot I about mean, Theo John. Brian Zubek, you know, 2.0, basically. I saw him setting yeah. screens. I mean, he's moving his feet, shuffling, you know, elbowing people in the head. I'm like, Theo John's going to be a problem for Duke basketball. He's going to be really, you know, a nice piece for them. So, I think Duke, Virginia, North Carolina, those three are in Florida State. I should say those four are all battling for that top spot. And I would assume that Virginia wins it just based on precedent at this point. Yeah. Um, I hate it. I, I hate it here. <laughs> what really, other do we have any other straight thoughts that we haven't uh, that we haven't talked about? Is there anything? Do you, do you have like a Purdue take? Do you have like a not not about Purdue? But I mean, like I, I've just had this Purdue thought just rattling around in my brain. And Paolo Benchero is rattling around in my brain. Yeah, and I'm I'm starting to form. Do you have anything like that? Is there anything that's just like you can't just you you can't shake? You're looking at the landscape and you're just saying to yourself, I don't know. 
I really believe in Maryland this year. I think. Yeah, I don't. Mark I don't Turgeon. believe in Maryland. <laughs> uh, you know, because Mark Turgeon's the head coach. Uh, so the turd sandwich, I will never join. Um, UCLA is the, is the team. I, I feel like if UCLA, you have been on your dude. This isn't. This isn't just on the show. Like every time I've talked to you off the off air about the, the upcoming season, you you will not shut up about UCLA. What's the name of UCLA soccer stadium for people at home? Drake Stadium. What is coming next year? <laughs> Drake steps on Amari Bailey. So you got to get ahead of this, and you, and you got to go this year, win the title, get all the clout. Kanye's creating Donda Academy, so now you're going to get all these five-star kids. The Titus, I'm not even joking. The number one, my favorite player in North Carolina in the class of 2023, Robert Dillingham, plays for Jeff McGinnis, point guard at North Carolina. He plays for his team. He is leaving the state of North I thought he was going to North Carolina lock. He is leaving the state of North Carolina to go to Donda Academy in Los Angeles. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. And he's going to go play for UCLA eventually. Like that, that, that we're all signs are pointing to Westwood. I almost feel like we're going back to a, like a, a redo of 1960 where UCLA might dominate in this new NIL era because yeah. every kid wants to go to LA and be famous, right? This, Especially this all is, these young kids. This is my question though. Are, are, are you just, is this the part of the sci fi movie? This is the first like 20 minutes where you're seeing the new technology being created and you're like, this is so cool. Yeah. And, we're about to create a monster with name, image, likeness, L.A., Drake, Kanye, mm-hmm. Jordan Brand. Yes. Uh, a sex a sex appeal god like Mick Cronin running yes. the ship. Um, you, you throw all that into the cauldron and stir it up. And then we're going to look up in five years and be like, oh, no, what have we done? As, as Coach K retires, as Roy Williams retires, as John Calipari goes to the still, Knicks. Yeah, goes yeah, yeah. to the Knicks, yeah. Uh, as, as Jim Beheim retires. And all roads lead to Westwood. And suddenly... Mick Cronin wins 11 titles. He wins 11 titles, yes. He he surpasses John Wooden. I I sincerely have like a a deep root. And I wouldn't hate it. Obviously, we live in Los Angeles. UCLA has been nothing but kind to me. I have plenty of UCLA people, you know, in my life. And and so I would be happy about UCLA being really good. But they have the formula for for success. But it does have to happen this year. They have to answer the expectations. They do have to... Show people that they are this, you know, perennial top five team that could actually go and compete for a title. It wasn't just a blip. This is a bomb. That's what we need. Or to do. I, I guess it has to happen in terms of on course success if that's what they want the program to be. Is if 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 Mick Cronin wants to catch John Wooden, and I think he's in a great position to do that. Too. In terms too. of national titles, I think. Uh, <laughs> I hope someone aggregates this. I hope they put out that you and I believe Mick Cronin can be the next John Wooden. Uh, but if he's going to catch him, Tate, he's got to win it this year. He's got it. He's got. He just got to go to the final four. I'm, I don't even think that he has to win it. I think he just has to go back to the final four. At, at the at the least, they have to go to where they were before and, and see what happens. You can't. And this is my Trent Dilfer voice. What, what did Dilfer say? You can't lose games and still win in the NFL. Uh, yes. You can't win eleven national titles at UCLA unless you win one first. And yeah. I think Mick Cronin has to win the one this year. This is the dominant. My my point was, uh, if if you sell it, if that is what, uh, as we're we're thinking about the monster that's brewing in Westwood, um, if it's the on court monster, if it's the idea of UCLA winning a couple national titles in a five year span, say, or, or just being a, a player at that level, uh, yeah, I do think they got to go to another Final Four and they got to be all that. But what if what if that's not the play? What if what what if they're going the Kentucky Duke Memphis route, where it's just like dominate the the conversation? And mm. and be the cool brand. And if we have Drake and LeBron and Kanye coming to our games, who cares if we win? Who yeah. cares? 
what we do in the tournament. That's not important. Yeah. What's important is that all the recruits are talking about us and, and we're Jordan brand and we're cool. And, you know, and the rappers are dropping UCLA references in their songs now. Yeah, little and, baby, the baby, yeah. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> everybody. Yeah. What if that what if that's the play? And that's what I'm worried about because I think that feels more likely to me than UCLA like actually winning games. It feels yeah. more likely to me that like Johnny G, who's who's a rapper? Name a rapper. Name like name one of the cool rappers. Oh than Drake, obviously. I mean, I mean little baby's Mo baby. Little baby has a song like Mo, the Mo Bamba song a few years ago, and it's just like Johnny Juzang song. And 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 that's like that's a that's a feather in UCLA's cap. Is like that's what happens when you come to UCLA. Is like little baby will write a song about you, and then every every white kid in colleges across the country at bars will be singing to it. Yes, and that's why you should come to UCLA. And like that becomes UCLA basketball. John's plan. John's yeah. plan. Yeah, yeah. So I I think that might be more likely, and I'm worried about that part of it though, because I want I want UCLA to win. No, it's hard to be a blue collar team in Los Angeles. Uh, I think you famously said on the last show. You live in LA, so you don't like to work, which I, I thought that was a very uh, that was a that, that was a revelation. That I think a lot of people um, probably love across the country because <clears throat> it checks out. But in general, um, Mick Cronin, the way that he has built the makeup that he has as a coach, that's not even possible. And Peyton Watson, you know, our number one recruit in the country, who came on our show and committed to UCLA. You know, I keep up with Peyton. All he's doing is working. All these kids are doing is working. And and Mick Cronin. Mick Cronin doesn't hold on, hold on. When you say they're working, is it like a curated? Where is it like? No, I don't see videos on IG. I'm just talking about like they're they're running, they're doing conditioning. Okay, they're they're really they're really doing. Like it wouldn't shock me if some player came out and said, "Hey, Mick Cronin made me run the bleachers in Timberlands," you know, and and you're like, "Wow, that's very old school," but also kind of like it, you know. And I I think UCLA needs that, and that's why as much as we laugh when Mick Cronin got hired, he was actually the perfect hire. Because you have to have some sort of tinge of blue collar that that gets these has guys to be a to tug of war. It has work. to be yeah balance. Yeah, and he's gonna work. Like he yeah. he's not gonna. You're not gonna beat Mick Cronin out of working hard. You know that's just what he wants to do. And he's only been to one concert in his life. He's not worried about any of these things outside of, outside of basketball. He just cares about basketball. I'm and excited for the you need that you need that silo. I'm excited for Drake to come to UCLA game and Mick Cronin gets asked about it in the press conference. And he pretends to not know who Drake is. Oh, 100%. I'm excited for that. No like, doubt. No doubt. Gonna he's going to ask what his last name is. He's going to go, Drake who? <laughs> or he's going to call him Mr. Drake. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Drizzy. Mr. Drizzy. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be hilarious because Amari Bailey, I mean, that. I mean, he's going to... At one time, he was the number one recruit. By the time he gets to UCLA, he'll probably be the number one recruit again. But that's we're a year away from that. And we got Peyton Watson this year. If if Peyton Watson goes one and done, Amari Bailey goes one and done, UCLA and they're winning games, UCLA yeah. is off to the races. And, and I feel bad for some of these other schools that are, uh, you know, the Will Wades of the world. Because how can how can Baton Rouge and Will Wade? I, I guess the bag has to be big enough. But these kids want NIL money. They want to be in LA. They want to be on the scene. So it's a good sell. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. That's my big. That's my big takeaway. That's my, you know, that's my big overarching thought. That UCLA, they're bubbling up to become the the blue blood that we always, you know, wanted them to be. Give me, give me your uh, conference excitement power ranking. So SEC is one. Mm. Um, Give me. Do do your do your top five. SEC. Uh, If I told you, if I told you, you could only watch one conference this year. You you could only watch this conference's games. Mm. Um. 
give me your power rankings. Go. Oh, if I can only watch these games, uh, ACC. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, SEC is probably one just as far as like all the storylines that we can pull out of it. So they're yeah. definitely up there. I think number two for me is the American, um, which I, I, you know, a lot of people are saying, what do you mean? The American can't be in this conversation. I am fascinated by Memphis just as much as I am enthralled by UCLA. I'm fascinated by Memphis. I'm all the way in on Memphis. So, you know, I, I'm going to be sitting right there. I also think West Miller and Cincinnati are going to shock some people this year. I think they're going to be better than people expect. So Americans, number two, number three is the big 10, um, Illinois, Kofi Coburn. I, I'm, I'm excited to see what Curbelo and Kofi and Trent Frazier, that new triumphant looks like there in Champaign, um, Michigan, obviously Ohio state, you know, we, we can go through the gambit. Then I think it's the ACC, um, and the ACC, like I, I just feel like it's Virginia, so that's why I'm not as fascinated. I, I obviously love the ACC. I'm an ACC guy forever. Um, and then number five is UCLA, or UCLA. Back to <laughs> you know, I mean, which is basically UCLA. And like, they, if they had someone else, like a, if Gonzaga. Arizona was the old Arizona or something like that, it's maybe. Gonzaga, dude. They play each other uh, November 23rd, I think. That's You're the right. that's the Pac-12 championship. You're right. <laughs> Never mind. So re, redo my rankings. Pac-12 number two uh, with Gonzaga included. Uh, what about you? Uh, I think SEC is one. Um, I think that might be the upset of for, of, for reasons we we stated earlier, which is like, I the SEC is not going to be as good at the top as you know the 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 Big Twelve, the Big Ten, um, even the American might have. You know, with, yeah. with, with Houston and Memphis, you might look up and they Houston and Memphis are better than any team in the SEC. Uh, I don't expect that to happen, but it might. I don't know. Um, but the, SEC, the depth of the SEC, the intrigue of all the coaches, all the recruit, like just the the whole, the whole thing that they got brewing with the even the even the part of I know this is more of a football thing, but the the SEC kind of building a wall and saying like every, every, we are the super conference, we're taking Texas and Oklahoma and yeah, just where where we arrived in 2021 in college sports landscape and the SEC basketball coaches and the the, the trajectory of these programs that are on the rise. I just find it very fascinating because it is a league that Kentucky has dominated and dominated is not a strong enough word uh, mm-hmm. for what Kentucky has done historically in the SEC basketball. Um, That's an understatement. Yeah. And now we're at a point where it, I, I mean, we kind of laid it out, but it's like very interesting, the landscape of SEC. And I'm, I'm inter- I'm very interested to see what happens this year and moving forward. Uh, so I would put SEC probably one. I yep. would say big 12 too, because the Big 12 is the opposite from the SEC, where I, I think it's very top-heavy. Uh, well, that, I shouldn't say very. Like, the Big 12 well, is always, I, I'll is always say this, deep. Can, Kansas, Kansas is my pick to win the title. So, yeah. They're top I, I, I don't mean top-heavy in the sense of, like, the if, if you're not one of the top teams, you suck. I mean top-heavy in the sense of, like, there's really only three teams I'm super interested in, and it's Baylor, Texas, and Kansas. Yep. I know the rest of the league will be okay, um, but I, I am very, very intrigued by those three teams. And it's similar to what we're talking about the SEC, where now that Baylor's won a national title, I know Texas is leaving for the SEC, but they're still in the Big 12 this year. And Texas has Chris Beard, and like Texas basketball has sort of been a punchline for a long time because like Rick Barnes had good teams, but he could never really get over the hump. And Shaka was there; it was sort of the same thing. And uh, now we've arrived at a point where you're you're excited about Texas basketball, and you say that out loud, and you kind of want to stop yourself because you're like, we've been here before. But we've never been here before with Chris Beard. We've never been here before with the roster he has. So I don't know. Maybe Texas will be good. So I look at the yeah. Big 12, similarly to the SEC. Kansas has dominated this conference forever. And now we, we arrive at a point where Kansas could be the third best team this year. And it's not a disaster. Kansas could be one of the best teams in the country and still be the third best team in their conference. And how often can you say that? 
very rarely is that very rarely very, very rarely. rarely is that uh, a, a true statement so i have big 12 there i didn't big even 10. acknowledge big 12 when i was thinking about my like because i had thrown i had thrown the big 12 out as a as an option and i, I already have texas in the sec so oh texas was go. included in my sec by the way for everyone at home that's like what we don't care about chris beard i do care about chris beard he was number one in my rankings wouldn't it be fun? We should start talking about the uh, conference realignment as though it's already happened. You're like, I like Cincinnati I, in the I, Big 12 this year. I've already moved in my mind. <laughs> Wes Miller in the Big 12. Can't wait. <laughs> I think Texas is going to make a lot of noise in the SEC this season. Um, yeah. Uh, so I got Big 12 too. I would say Big 10 three. Uh, the Big 10 is going to be the Big 10. And I guess like that's why in a vacuum, maybe just this one season, the Big 10 would be number one on my power rankings. But it's hard to get excited because it's just the same shit over and over in the Big Ten, where it's like you're not going to. It's the Big Ten stat of the day every day in this conference. It's like we're going to have nine ranked teams, we're going to have three teams that are one or two seeds. One of them's going to get to the Final Four and then lose, and that's going to be you know like that's that's yeah. what this season feels like. We're we're headed down again. Uh, there's really nothing. There's no storyline other than maybe Purdue being ranked number one or. Mike Woodson, I guess Michigan is interesting, but again, like we've been here before with Michigan. Michigan has a lot of expectations. They got great recruits. They're going to be good. Like what mm -hmm. the, the same with Ohio State. Ohio State brings a lot of guys back. Like I'm not, I'm excited about it, but it's not. Yeah, I don't know. I'm we, we've been here before. Yeah, yeah, we've been here before at the whole Big Ten. So uh, I got Big Ten at three. I would say probably Pac-12 at four. Mm. Um, just, just, just because of UCLA. I mean, Oregon's going to be good. Oregon's guards are going to be good. Jacob Young and, and Will Richardson are going to be fun to watch. But uh, I uh, uh, just in general, the Pac-12, um, it hinges on UCLA. I said that earlier. Uh, and then it's probably no, dude. Put put the American at four for me. I like I like what you did there. The American's mm -hmm. more interesting. Put the American at four. Put Pac-12 at five. ACC and Big East, get them out of here. Uh, Villanova, we, we got to figure something out here, dude, because we work at Fox and Fox has Big East rights and I have to watch a lot of Big East basketball and yeah. I like Villanova's team. I like Big East basketball. We love the old Big East. I, I like the idea of the new Big East. But something's got to be done, dude. It's the same shit every single year. The Villanova yeah, better I, I, than I think the Alliance, I think the Alliance, if they're smart, they get Big East basketball. You know, they bring in UConn, they bring in Villanova and they say, hey, when the Alliance plays basketball season, you guys are Alliance guys, you know? RIP the Big East. Uh, welcome to the Alliance. I, I mean, as we talk about, you know, treating things as if they are in conference realignment form, you know, that's that's how I look at the the Big East in the future. Just another nice wing of the Alliance. Yeah. All right. Well, anything else? Shout outs, closeouts? I mean, yeah. Sh I, I want to shout out. I want to ask you, uh, shout out to Urban Meyer. Um, because oh. I, I watched this last night. Um, you know, I was playing a basketball game, but then I came back, watched the press conference. This man, this man really thought that he was going to go to the Jacksonville Jaguars and just start winning games. I mean, I, I, I still am fascinated, but it's like a social experiment that is playing out in front of all of us. He was so dejected after losing to the Bengals last night. Um, famously, a couple of weeks ago, he, he was talking to uh, Vic Fangio, the coach of the Broncos, and he said, man, the NFL, it's like playing Alabama every week. Mm -hmm. And uh, Vic Fangio looked at him like, yeah, it's like playing Alabama every week, but better. Because it's yeah. the NFL. <laughs> what are you talking? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Um, he is completely in over his head. I, I look. I don't like to see people fail. I hope that he, you know, figures it out. But at the end of the day, I mean, you talk about Urban Meyer and what he is. You know, the, the karma. We talked about karma coming back mm -hmm. to, to bite you. 
it feels like it is coming back to bite him in the NFL this season. And uh, I like Trevor Lawrence. I'm pulling for him, but he's a rookie quarterback is what you expect. But Urban Meyer, he, he might lose his mind. It is fascinating. You get the it, week eight. Yeah. It is so fascinating because every single it's 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 one of the more uh, it's, it's hard to find a, a consensus and sports talk and and discussions and and all that from because there's some wild takes out there as we know so some of them appear on this podcast um (laughs) (laughs) listen long enough we might say one or two uh there's some wild shit out there that people say tate and it is it's it's hilarious to me that the moment urban meyer took over the jaguars like i don't know if i've ever seen a more consensus opinion from the outset than like this is not going to work and he's gonna he's gonna lose his mind and like every single person on planet earth was like this is this is horrible. This is yeah, but it's hilarious, and I can't wait to see it unfold. And they're not going to be good. He's going to be stressed out of his mind. He's in over his, like all, everything you just said. And there was one person on earth who thought I, this could work, and that, and that man is Urban Meyer. <laughs> and, I, and, and here and, we are. And the fact that he signed Tim Tebow, I think should have. I mean, like that that feels like a flash in the pan at this point. But the fact that that happened. Says yeah. a lot about where he is, you know, from a mental standpoint. That he thought he could take a guy that hasn't played football in what eight years or something like that, and then play him at a totally different position, and that it would work and it would help curry favor in the locker room and get people, you know, to be like, "This guy knows what's going on." What? Yeah. What do you? What is happening? I um, I need Urban. I don't know what this looks. Yeah, I think he leaves by a week. I think two. he leaves. I need him to go to USC so badly, and I, I, I've said this before on the show, but I, I I do not love the way Urban is uh is beloved so much in Columbus and and at Ohio State, and I think it's like sort of wearing off. A, it's not as strong as it was because he's not the coach anymore. But uh, I I I just like I want that. I, I'm a trestle guy. Have always been a trestle guy. Urban is not. Hashtag not my football coach. I yeah, will I coach. will gladly celebrate the national championship you won for my school. But when the man seeing this man talk about Buckeye Nation at all times as an alum of the school, and he never once would say like this great university or these great people at this school or anything That's like that. It was just like it's like I'm doing this for you, big nut. Hey, hey, everyone that buys those Ohio State receiver gloves and claps and then like shows the logo on the gloves to the camera. I'm doing this for you. And then, like, as an alum, I was like, what about, you know, like, there's a university attached to this football. And Trestle was always awesome at that, Tate. Urban was not. Uh, and and I, I it just, I, I didn't really love And the way he his, his time at Ohio State ended, I, it, it left a bad taste in my mouth. And I just, uh, I would love for him to go to USC so all the Ohio State fans could do what the Florida people did, which is like, hey, man, thanks for winning them for us. We love it. Please leave. Please, please just get, get out of here. Get, go. Be gone. Yeah. We, we, we want to be done. With, we want to move on from this. We want to be done with it. And it does feel like some Ohio State people like haven't not moved on, but you know, like he's still liked by a lot of people there, and he's still like our coach. You know, like when Urban comes yeah, back to Columbus, if, if he like goes our to USC guy. though, that changes. Yeah, if yeah. he goes to USC, that changes. He's not our guy anymore. He was just a hired gun because that's what he was. He was a hired gun. It was it was a it was an arranged marriage for both parties. He wanted to come to Ohio State because it had the resources to win him a national title. Ohio State wanted him because he's a good enough coach to win us a national title. It all worked out. He moved on, cut the ties. Uh, I, I want him to go to USC, but I don't think that's going to happen either. I don't know what he's going to do. He's probably going to come back to Fox. Honestly, yeah, I, I think we're going to do think, a show with him. We're going <laughs> to have I, a radio think, show. Me and Urban. <laughs> I, I I just can't see a world in which he continues to lose. You know what I mean? And he yeah. and he seems so shocked by the like he was so dejected after this press conference. I thought he was going to cry. I mean, and anyone looking at this roster, you were like, you had the number one pick. Yeah. You're probably going to lose fifteen. It is. 14. It, it, you know, something like that games. 
it is hilarious. Like, I don't understand. He thought he was going to go in there and win. I, I think that's why I'm so shocked because, like, the hubris on someone yeah. to think that, you know, Nick Saban couldn't figure it out. Steve Spurrier can't figure it. You know what I mean? That you're going to, you're, you're just like that much better than all of them. You just, I do think, I do think that like it, it would be fair of him to, to have the assumption that he could figure out the NFL eventually. That like, yeah, if, if he had exactly. like a five year plan of like, I'm just talking but, about but like, he thought, yeah, he thought he was going to step in. He thought he, he was going to be 4 0 at this point in the season. Yeah, he thought Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> like he, he basically was like, I'm getting Trevor Lawrence. So I have a quarterback and I'm going to go win football games. Yeah, I've seen Trevor Lawrence play at the college level and he was awesome and he's going to be the best quarterback in the NFL yeah. as well. And why are these teams better than Alabama? What is going on? <laughs> I thought there was only one Alabama. Why, why are my receivers not wide open like they were? <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it, it sincerely looks like the way that he is taking it. Why does my offensive line not push the defensive line three yards back at every snap? I don't understand that. Why are we, we not every than the other team? Yeah. Every 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 game I've coached, my offensive line, I'm coaching them the same way. We'd snap the ball and they just push them back five yards, and now yeah. that's not happening. I don't get it. Have I has the game passed me by? I'm confused. What's going on here? I just, I, you know, Trevor Lawrence gives me Vinny Testaverde vibes, you know, a little bit, and I'm worried that like his confidence is going to be shot by this mm -hmm. experience. And that that's the worst case scenario for someone like Trevor Lawrence because I did feel like he has all the talent in the world, and if he went to a better situation, he would be great. But he went to the worst situation he could have gone to. Seriously. Dude, the, the he not have gone to a worse situation. I didn't watch the Bengals game uh, last night, but the, the flea flicker against the Cardinals last week, the pick six flea flicker, like that that's the kind of play that, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is a greater man than I am, but that is like I talked about last week when I when I airballed a shot and then I quit. Or I talked earlier this week. I airballed a shot and then I quit basketball. That flea flicker pick six, like if that's me, I might just quit football. Like I I, I throw that pass as Trevor Lawrence, and then I, I evaluate. I'm like I suck for throwing that. Everyone around me sucks for calling that a play. Like that. Yeah. This is what what is happening. Like my confidence would have just. <laughs> I mean, a hundred percent. He's gonna be good. He's he's obviously he's. he's I, if if you're if you're if you're Saad Khan or the owner of the Jaguars or the you know the powers that be with the Jaguars, I think you have to make a decision. You know who are we who are we backing here? Are we backing Urban, and that's going to be our? Are we going to ride and go down with Urban, or are we going to back our quarterback? And I think as we both know in professional sports, nine times out of ten you're going to take the player. And I hope the Jaguars are smart enough to say, hey, we got to protect this guy because if we don't, <laughs> we're going to lose because I think the NFL record is 26 straight games that you've lost and the Jaguars have lost 19 straight. Um, so that like, there's a chance that they break the record this year. Who's the, I haven't paid that much attention to their roster uh, from last year to this year. Is there, is there like one singular guy that's been on the, I, I guess I, I could look it up myself, but one uh, singular guy that's been what? Like, like, like who, who's the face of the Jaguars the last two seasons? Like, cause they sucked last year and then got, I don't even know who was on their team last year. I mean, once Jalen Ramsey got traded, you know, remember yeah, when Jalen Ramsey yeah, yeah. brought the Brinks truck out, you know, before uh, training camp? Once he got traded, I think that was pretty much the end. Like, is there a guy who's wearing this? Um, you know, is there is, is there one guy we can pin this on? Is like, that's no, the there, guy there's no Maurice Jones Drew. There's no, there's no like, you know, person. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is the guy. Yeah. Unfortunately for him, that's what I'm saying. He's been in such a terrible situation. <laughs> And everyone's looking at him. They're like, "Hey, fix it, quarterback!" Like Urban Meyer's like, "Win a game." I thought you were a winner. <laughs> didn't you, you know? Didn't you never lost a game in high school or college? What are you doing? Oh my god! Here we are. Um, all right. I, uh, I, I, I think that's it. I don't have any other yeah. shoutouts. I don't have any shoutouts either. I, I think. Thought, uh, I, I just I wanted to shout. I just wanted to see your reaction to Urban Meyer. Really. I mean, that's. Oh, all I want to. I do have one shoutout. I want to shout out this guy. T Earl was his name. He's the guy. He was our Gator boat captain yesterday. We went on this this swamp tour. Um, 
in Louisiana in the swamps of Louisiana and, and, and saw these gators. And this guy Tate was an absolute unit to say the least. This man was like six, nine, 400 pounds and was driving our airboat. And, uh, First of all, those airboats absolutely haul ass. And there's no other way to describe what they do than haul ass. Mm-hmm. And this dude is just taking the airboat. I, I, I'm going to collect my thoughts here. What was, what was insane about this experience was that everyone around me did not think it was insane except for the, the people of our crew that were experienced for, experiencing it for the first time. But this man driving the airboat is like going 40 miles an hour towards land and then just like runs over the land. He's running over gators. We see we see gators swim, and he's like, look at that one. And he's just taking the airboat over top of the gator because apparently the airboat like barely even touched the water. That's the reason they use yeah. those things down there or whatever. But my mind is like blown because we're just going straight at this like island. And he just like is going 40 miles an hour, just goes right over it. And I'm just, I'm losing my mind about this. Meanwhile, there's gators everywhere. And this dude is like calm, cool, and collected. He, at one point, Jim got video of it. I'll, I'll have to have Jim text you. He gets video of uh, the man goes down, starts taunting the gate. The gator's in the water swimming by the boat. He puts his hand in there and it's like splashing the gator. It starts swimming closer. He goes down, grabs the gator by the mouth, pulls it out of the water and kisses it on the snout. And I'm watching this all happen. And I'm like, this is, this is the most insane shit I've ever seen. And every single person from the South that I've tried to talk to about this is like, dude, they're gators. Like it's, why are you scared? And that absolutely blows my mind. The alligators, I'm not scared of them per se, but like that was the, that was the whole part of the Gators the experience too. Is is these these fucking animals are like absolutely calm and and stealthily just swimming in the water, and there's like a, a serenity about the way an alligator moves that you're like, oh, I'm good, I'm good. Like it's not coming to attack me because like why, if it was coming to attack me, it'd be just like full on, you know, coming yeah. after me. Yeah, it's just kind of slowly swimming. But then something like clicks in your brain. You're like, oh my God, it's slowly swimming because he knows he got, he's got me. Like maybe I should be scared. And I'm just going back and forth the whole time. Meanwhile, everyone from the South is like, no, nah, there's nothing to worry about. It's, it's all good. And I'm just so confused because I think, I think that is the great, we, we there, there, there's been a lot of think pieces written, Tate, about this country and the divide that exists. Is it economic? Is it, is it racial? Is it political? Like where is the great divide in this country? I think I figured it out. It is how you respond when you're around gators because mm. There's one of Gator two response. ways. To re- yes. There's one of two things that happen. Either you're absolutely shitting your pants and you're like, that is a dinosaur that could break my face in half without even trying. Mm. Or you're a guy who's like, I want to wrestle that thing and kiss it on the snout. And there's, yeah. there seems to be no in between. I'm a Chubbs guy. You know what I mean? Like from Happy Gilmore where I'm like, I, if, if the Gator had something of mine, I'd face it down, you know, and try to get it back. But I'm not happy Gilmore. I, I don't want to wrestle this gator. I don't want to fight this gator. I don't want to punch it in the face in the water. That's the only thing that freaks me out about the bayou is swimming. Dude, I this mean, guy, we found, he didn't do it with us. We, we, I searched his name. His name was T. Earl because he goes, he, he, he gave me the explanation that his daddy was named Earl. He was named Earl too. So they call him uh, in Cajun terms. That makes him Petite Earl. And then he said, but if you call me, if you call me Petite or Pretty, I'll kick your ass. So you just call me T. Earl. And like that's how we arrived mm-hmm. at it. So his name is TRL. So I Google, I Googled his name after we were done with the tour because I was like, this guy's a fucking legend. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's amazing. Gator legend. There's a video of him on YouTube swimming with the gator. Like he jumps in the swamp and there's like a gator swimming away. He grabs it by the tail and like pulls it over and like starts like it's a child. Like it's like a two-year-old child. Like he's like he's doing a daycare and there's two-year-olds like climbing on stuff and he just kind of grabs it and throws it on his shoulder and yeah, they and treat I'm, gators like, you know, rich America treats dogs. You know what I mean? They're yes. just like, you know, with them. And yeah. 
I'm, I was absolutely stunned by it. And what made it more concerning is how, even when I say I'm stunned, like there's thousands of people listening to this right now that are like, I, I don't get it. What what are you scared? I don't like, why would you be scared of the gate? And and that's absolutely insane for, for people that aren't from the South. So th- th- this is just something that you, did, did you grow up around gators? I mean, there were golf courses, you know, things like that, but <laughs> not like, I mean, I wasn't swimming with gators. You know what I mean? We, we had like <clears throat> copperheads, moccasins, like we have creeks, you know, creeks and rivers and things like that, lakes. But, you know, there's not like crocodiles and gators. And, you know, this guy said, this guy nice said uh, he, he was scared of snakes. He's like, he goes, gators I'm scared of snakes. He said yeah. gators don't do anything, but he's like the snakes we get out here. He's like, I don't, I don't mess with that. He's yeah. like, oh, that's like moccasin swim by yeah. you. That'll, yeah. <clears throat> that'll change your life real quick. So where, where are the gators that like rip your face off? Cause like every, every <clears throat> Florida, they're the ones in Florida. Yeah. That's what oh, I've heard. Man. I heard the Florida Gators are like, I mean, not, not to no pun intended, but I heard the Florida Gators. They don't mess around. Yeah. Like there was the a video that, like, of a guy caught, caught it. I saw that. The trash, trash camera receptacle. Yeah. But, but like every, everyone I I've talked to is like, yeah, the Gators are docile. There's nothing to really worry about. It's, it's whatever. And, and that's, that seems to be true. Cause I, I've been to Hilton head a few times and like, that's how, when I'm golfing on the, the golf courses, like everyone's yeah. like, yeah, it's Gators and yeah, whatever, you know, they're just, it's just a thing. And I'm like, I, I know that Gators rip people's faces off. So where's that happening? If, if every Gator is nice, then what, what videos am I seeing of the one? Yeah. The best advice I, or the best thing I learned about Gators, it takes a while for them to open their mouths. You know what I mean? Like it's not like a quick process, so you kind of have a little bit of time, like as it's like <laughs> opening its mouth to like try to bite you, that you can you can at least like try to punch it in the eye. Like you know the shark things, you always punch the shark in the nose, or at least that's what they tell you. So like I think a gator, you punch it in the right eye or left eye, whatever, whichever one you can get at, and then you hope you get out of there. Dude, these people down here are out of their minds. They're absolutely out of their minds in the best, the most enduring way. No, it makes, it I mean. makes the water boy even better. You know what I mean? You go, yeah. you go to LSU football game. Now you're just like, I got to. That's I gotta, what I mean. Like, I, I was a hater and I was like, I don't understand why people talk about going to like, I don't, I would never, ever in any world want to live here. Absolutely not. I, I am not. I, I could not handle living in Louisiana, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, wherever the hell we were. You name it. I, it, it's, I, it's not for me, but. I respect a lot of these people because they are yeah, yeah. they're out and, and not even I dude th- this dude was showing us all the hurricane devastation that because mm. uh, this happened a month ago hurricane Ida rolls through Crazy. it's it, it 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 was as you might imagine it was it was quite a, a scene to behold like all this stuff is is, is torn up he, he pointed to one house that's been moved a hundred yards a house was picked up by water moved a hundred yards dude he literally before we even get on the boat he points to this this like big white box thing that's floating out in the water. And he goes, he goes, we're still, we're still dealing with the devastation. It's going to take a while to clean everything up. And he goes right out there. Uh, you see that out there? He goes, yeah, my cousin used to be in that. Uh, he's been missing. We're still looking for him. And I was like, Wait, what? And he, he said his cousin's coffin was in that grave and the water like upended the grave and swept the coffin away. And he's like, we're still looking for my cousin's coffin. We, we don't know where he is. And he's just said it so nonchalantly. And I, I'm sitting there just like gobsmacked, like you kind of are, like my jaw is just like, yeah, what? And the whole attitude he had though was like, this is this is normal for us. This is what we do. Like hurricanes roll through, they 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 wreck shit. We build it back because we we come together as a community. We rally, we build it back, and we keep on living, and we will continue to do that forever. And I'm just sitting there like, man, that y- y'all are a different breed, man. Like this is 
Yeah. This is something else. No, and, it's a, it's a it's a level of tenacity. Like uh, you know, like if you go to a McNeese State or you know any of these schools down there, you you just have like a a certain like you said, you it's like a understood. Hey, this is this is probably going to happen, and we're just going to you know come together as a community and build back together and uh, build back better, as they said. <laughs> there you go, dude. It was it it blew my mind. So um, anyway, shout out to shout out to T Earl and the people of. Yeah, shout out to T Earl. I don't know T Earl, but I I like I like the breakdown of Petite Earl. I would never call him that to his face. I don't want to get beat up, but I like I like that. That's good. Lafitte, Louisiana, I think is where we were at. It was it was it was insane. It was the whole the whole day was like one of the wildest things I've ever done, literally and figuratively. And uh, I uh, I don't know. My respect for the people down there is is through the roof because, like I said, like if that was me, man, I would just be, I don't know, I would just have my hands in my face. Or my face and my hands. I mean, at all times, just like, dude, what just happened to our community? Like all that, and they're just like, you know, they they wait out the storm. The storm hits, and then they're like, let's let's assess the damage, figure it out, and keep it moving. And that's yeah, no, I mean, it's life down here. For, so. for the record, Louisiana is my favorite state in the Deep South. You know what I mean? And and for me, I've always differentiated between the South and the Deep South. But the Deep South, I always felt, you know, like Louisiana, they have that level of like southern charm whatever you want to call it where like they want to be nice to you they want to engage with you they want to like bring you in and, and yeah and, like, show you there you know show you the bayou like you know come learn about the, the our culture come be a part of it and i enjoy that energy and that's that's why i think a lot of people like lsu from other places because when they go there they, they get the full you know hey come on in let's i let's, do think let's, 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 I, I, I obviously you're a southern you're a southerner so i you know you're the expert on this but i i did uh I do get the feeling that like a lot of the South is similar. Like my, the time I've spent in Georgia, Georgia doesn't feel that much different to me at least than like North Carolina and South Carolina and Alabama and, you know, Northern Florida. And it's all cut from the city. Louisiana to me feels very, very different. Yes. Than every, yeah. all the rest, uh-huh. very different than all the rest. For sure. For sure. The, the, this is a, uh, and I don't know if that's how everyone feels about it, but that's my interpretation as a guy that hasn't spent a ton of time in the South. Like, all of the rest is the, there's like the South and then there's Louisiana and uh, what a, what a scene it is here. So no, I mean, you, you anyway, can like the, the South is like six different provinces in one place. You know, it's like North Carolina, Virginia are kind of together. South Carolina can jump up to North Carolina, Virginia land, but usually they go Georgia, you know, Florida. That's where they kind of align with Tennessee and Kentucky. They're kind of tied together. You know what I mean? Mm, like I there's, little pockets, there's little pockets of space. Um, Alabama is a separate entity. Mississippi is a separate entity, as we know. And then Louisiana, obviously, is a separate entity. So, hey, I'm just glad you're, I'm glad you're having a good time. And, and this uh, game is, uh, what, Saturday night, right? Dude, you got tomorrow, night tomorrow night is, the, is a night football game in Death Valley. So, like, I haven't even done the fun part yet. So Nice. Anyway, we're going to have some fun. But uh, in the meantime, I'm going to go try to find a Pistol Pete or Shaq jersey. So, uh, between now and then, I have... <laughs> I have about 36 hours to find one so I can wear it to the game tomorrow. But um, that's it. That's the show. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week. I'm going to do my best Cajun Coach O voice as a sign-off to, to get yeah, in there. Yeah, please. Go Tigers. Go Tigers.